I'd like to thank everybody for listening to today's podcast. I'm honored to have Lisa Van Wagner here from Northwestern. She's the first author on a paper that's in the September issue of Hepatology entitled Association of Non-Alcoholic Fatty Liver Disease with Subclinical Myocardial Remodeling and Dysfunction, a Population-Based Study, which I found fascinating and I think that really sheds light on this notion of fatty liver disease and cardiovascular disease. So, Lisa, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, as most of our listeners know, NAFLD is really associated with cardiovascular disease and is an independent risk factor for cardiovascular disease and is really the number one killer of patients with fatty liver disease. And previous studies have shown association with impaired endothelial function, a higher prevalence of plaques, unfavorable levels of uh, subclinical atherosclerotic markers, and increased carotid intima media thickness. But we really haven't focused a lot on on cardiac heart failure or diastolic dysfunction or even LV systolic dysfunction. And so this, I think, is an area where you guys have, have really uh, punched a hole in what we understand about this. And, and so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what what made you decide to study this and really how did you go about doing it? Sure. So as you mentioned, you know, there's been a lot of a large body of literature that's looked at atherosclerotic heart disease and the effect of having fat in the liver on that. And there's actually some conflicting results about how much of that risk is due to having liver fat or just having visceral adipose tissue itself or VAT, which as we know is the, you know, ectopic fat just that occurs in the in the abdomen is in general that is also an, an active endocrine organ. And so one of the things looking at that literature that I said, well, if NAFLD isn't an independent risk factor necessarily for atherosclerotic disease looking at population studies, what are all these people actually dying from? And it turns out that if you look at the causes of cardiovascular death, that a significant proportion are actually dying from heart failure and not from having acute heart attacks. And I thought about that a little more and thought, well, what, could we detect that earlier? Is there something that's happening on the microstructure of the heart at an earlier time point that having fat in the liver is impacting? And so that's why we decided to embark on this study. The question is, is that, you know, heart failure in and of itself is an epidemic. We know that there's, you know, almost 6 million Americans who have heart failure, and it's also related to obesity, just like having NAFLD is. And so the question is, is whether or not NAFLD was independently associated with heart failure, or is it obesity in general that's explaining the whole association? And so what we did in this study is we used a population-based study called the Coronary Artery Risk Development in Young Adults or CARDIA study. And what's really cool about this study is that we have been following patients since 1985 to 1986. And during that time period, over 5,000 black and white young adults, they were aged 18 to 30 at the time, were enrolled across four different study centers in the U.S. In order to follow risk factors and markers for the development of, of cardiovascular vascular disease. And so we've now followed them for 25 years, and actually this year they're all coming back for the year 30 exam. And at the year 25 exam, everybody got CT scans of the liver that was performed so that we could actually assess NAFLD on a population level using CT measures of fat. And they also received, of course, a lot of other measurements throughout the years and at year 25 of cholesterol levels, uh, blood pressure, weight, physical activity markers. And then they also had echocardiography that was performed. And not just the standard echocardiography that we're used to seeing that we order in our clinical populations, but something very specific known as speckle tracking analysis. 
And what's cool about speckle tracking analysis is that that is we're very familiar with ejection fraction being the measure of global function of the heart. But speckle tracking actually looks at the myocardial tissue fibers themselves and looks at tissue motion on a, a myocardial individual fiber level instead of just global function. And so what you can do is you can actually look at that tissue level and see if there have been subclinical changes in how the fibers are reacting to stress um, or to volume in that way. And that's what they did in this study. So we're able to use the speckle tracking in order to detect whether or not there were subclinical changes in systolic heart failure. And then as well as look at different echocardiographic markers of diastolic dysfunction, which, which we did during the study. Yeah, that's, that's remarkable, that amount of data that you were able to get from the study to evaluate. And looking at figure one from your example of you know, study participants, it looks like you wound up with about 2,700 patients that you could evaluate formally for this analysis. Yes, we did, um, and that was after, you know, applying some exclusions to make sure that we were capturing people who would really be NAFLD eligible and that we excluded people who had a history of hepatitis C or who had a history of significant alcohol use so that we were really able to capture a population sample that might be eligible for having NAFLD. And in the end, um, the population prevalence of at least severe fatty liver disease was about 10% in cardia. So, I, you know, I do note that that is a little bit of a lower prevalence than we've sort of seen when we look at NHANES research using ultrasound data. But the important thing to note about cardia is that 50% of this population is African-American. And we do know that NAFLD has a lower prevalence than African-Americans. And so probably that that is an explanation as to why our population prevalence is just a little bit lower. Well, that and also you made the comment in the paper that CT scan was used and you cut used a cut point of less than 40 Hounsfield exactly. units to diagnose steatosis. So potentially it's a not as sensitive a test as, say, MRS or proton density fat fraction. Right, exactly. Yeah, we can only detect 30% of the liver being involved with fat using CT and using that very strict cut point, which is a very stringent cut point, to make sure that we didn't have misclassification of an apple phenotype. So in the military, we use something called bottom line up front to tell us really what's important. What do we need to walk away from? So from your results. What's the bottom line up front? What can you tell us is most impactful from your study? I mean, the listeners can read the fine details on, on the multivariant and all that, but what did you want readers to take away from this as far as your top line results? Sure. Well, I, you know, we show in this study that having fat in your liver is associated with having changes both in systolic function of the heart as well as in diastolic function of the heart. And those changes are not explained by all the other variables, including, for the most part, generalized obesity. And so there's something about having liver fat that is having some sort of endocrine or paracrine effect on cardiac function. And clinically, when I think about this in our patient population, sort of next steps would be to determine, well, you know, if we start ordering these type of echocardiograms on people, are there things that we could be looking for in a clinical population that might help us to either control risk factors more aggressively in, in this population or monitor more closely for signs and symptoms that might be going on to develop clinical heart failure? Now, of course, we can't say that NAFLD is causative of heart failure. This was a cross-sectional study. But as a clinician, those are the types of studies that in the future I think need to be done to actually follow these patients and see, are they developing clinical heart failure at a more rapid rate or a more severe rate than those in the general population? Let's talk about that briefly. Looking back at the CARDIA study, is there a way to compare the uh, 
to answer that question, because this was a prospective study, right? Mm-hmm. It was. Is there a way to compare those people that have fatty liver that developed heart failure to those that didn't have fatty liver and developed heart failure? Is there a way to, to go back and look at that data? There might be. The one, several things that to take into note about cardia. One is that we have only assessed the full population for NAFLD at year 25, unfortunately. We have a subpopulation at years 10 and 15 that had partial CT scans of the liver done, so we are in the process of going back and looking at how many of those people had fat at that time point. But because we don't know exactly when NAFLD developed, causation may be difficult to determine. What we can do is starting now at year 25, knowing who has NAFLD at year 25 and who does not, we're following, of course, for clinical outcomes in the future, and now the cardiac population, the age is around 60 years of age, and we're starting to see more and more clinical events. So as we continue to follow, and the study has been funded for years 30 um, and going on to year 35, in the next five to 10 years, we may actually be able to show that having that fat at year 25 is actually associated with clinical outcomes. So it's a work in progress. Sure. And what we do know also is, at least in my understanding of the literature, is that Patients with NASH, so fat with inflammation, ballooning, and some fibrosis, actually are at greater risk of coronary artery disease than an isolated steatosis patient. Exactly. And so what would be really cool is if you could potentially do some other test to assess whether or not they have worsening liver disease, and that actually is what's correlating more so than just fat. And while I know you can't do liver biopsy, I wonder if a fiber scan or some type of shear wave elastography device such as supersonic imaging, RFE, mm-hmm. MRE, something like that could be done on this population to actually correlate progression of liver disease with worsening heart failure outcomes. That's an excellent point, and those are things that we're thinking about and in the process of writing some grants for funding for. As you know, with these big cohort studies, time and money are of essence, and so trying to work out, um, trying to get some funding to look at those things would be of great interest in this population, especially since there's so many variables that are already present and already have been collected, so it would be a great use of the population to answer that question because it will be a tough question to answer if you had to start from scratch and follow people. That's a very expensive study to do, so it would be nice to dovetail on something that already has the data available. Absolutely. Sure. Well, you know, in conclusion, it it seems like from your study, you you were able to show that NAFLD is independently associated with subclinical myocardial remodeling and dysfunction independent of established heart failure risk factors, including those of obesity, dyslipidemia, hypertension, and diabetes. You also noted that other ectopic fat deposits, such as visceral adipose tissue, likely moderate some of these observed associations. But I think there's a lot of room to continue to look at this data set and to kind of continue to provide us with useful information for clinicians as we manage people with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And I just want to thank you again for your awesome work on this paper and for taking the time today to join us and look forward to seeing your next hepatology paper. Thank you so much, Dr. Harrison. I really appreciate it. And thank you to the readers for listening to the podcast. All right. Take care.